Oramai. Good morning. This is Judith Lay welcoming you to Manx Radio and to the podcast of this week's edition of At Your Service. Manx Radio. Last Friday, the 27th, was Holocaust Memorial Day, a day to specially remember the six million Jews murdered during the Holocaust, alongside the millions killed under Nazi persecution of other groups, and all those killed during more recent genocides in Cambodia, Rwanda, Bosnia and Darfur. Together, we bear witness to those who were murdered and honour the survivors, and all whose lives were changed beyond recognition. The island's Holocaust Memorial will be held in Douglas this afternoon at three o'clock in St Mary's Roman Catholic Church on Hill Street. And there'll be more details about the service later in the programme, with an invitation to join in person or via the live stream. The memorial will, as usual, draw together almost unbearably moving true stories, time for reflection, the lighting of candles as a symbolic driving out of the darkness of persecution, and music. People that on earth do dwell, one of the hymns that will be included in this afternoon's memorial. This year, for the first time, some material from the Holocaust Memorial Trust's own commemoration has been made available for me to include in our programme today. So what follows is a blend of words and music from that, mixed with survivor stories that I've collected from other sources. We hear first from Olivia Marks Waldman, Chief Executive of the Holocaust Memorial Trust. And you'll also hear words from television presenter Kirsty Walk and Sir David Suchet. And there are the survivors, willing to bear the pain of retelling the stories they cannot forget. Like Agnes, speaking for the children who lost their happiness and security as their parents were torn apart, often never to be seen again 
and even if they were eventually reunited, they were often so damaged by their experiences that home and family could never really be restored. Holocaust Memorial Day Trust is the charity that helps everyone to learn more about the past, empathise with people today and take action for a better future. The founding patron of Holocaust Memorial Day Trust was Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, whose death has affected us all so profoundly. Today, we honour her support for Holocaust and genocide survivors who made Britain their home and her commitment to remembering and learning from the Holocaust and other genocides around the world. That commitment has been carried on by His Majesty the King, who, as Prince of Wales, we have been honoured to have as our patron since 2015. His Majesty's dedication to Holocaust and genocide education has been an inspiration. Since the murder of six million Jewish people in the Holocaust, identity-based hostility and attacks have continued around the world. Genocide has taken place again and again, and today we commemorate the genocides in Cambodia, Rwanda, Bosnia and Darfur. 2023 marks the 20th anniversary of the start of the genocide in Darfur. This year, it is on all of our minds that our European neighbour, Ukraine, is under attack from Russia. Their excuse for invading Ukraine was to denazify it, a phrase not only factually incorrect, but chilling in its distortion of recent history. To mark Holocaust Memorial Day, the UK's political, community and faith leaders came together with survivors in a small ceremony to honour those murdered for who they were and to learn from genocide for a better future. We thank you for joining us today to do the same. The Holocaust is still part of living history, but only just. It is our privilege to share with you testimony from eyewitnesses to the tragedy that shocked the very foundations of civilization. The theme for Holocaust Memorial Day 2023 is ordinary people. We're all ordinary people. It was ordinary people in those places too, living ordinary lives, who were attacked not because of something they'd done, but simply because of who they were, because of their religion, their nationality, the color of their skin, or the people that they loved. Ordinary people stood by, watching it happen, persuaded by the propaganda fed to them, or afraid to take action to try to help. Some ordinary people went to extraordinary measures to speak out or to try to rescue others. Other ordinary people were the attackers, the guards and soldiers, the politicians, the railway workers transporting people to their deaths. baby in the Holocaust in Budapest. My parents were both Hungarian and they were married in Budapest in 1942. Hungary was the last country to be occupied by the Germans. It wasn't occupied till the 19th of March 1944. But the Hungarians had their own anti-Semitic legislation and my father was rounded up 
was a forced labourer in 1943 by the Hungarian fascists and it really ruined his life. He had a very bad time. Most of the young Jewish men who went away as forced labourers did not come back because they were so badly treated. My mother had to leave her flat in June 1944. I was born in July 1944 and she had to go to an area that was designated for Jewish women in what were called Star of David houses. And then when I was coming, she had to go to a clinic because the ordinary maternity hospital wasn't open to her as a Jew. Meanwhile, her father had been taken away. He'd been looking forward to my birth because I was the first grandchild of his four daughters. And he was on a bus and the Nazis stopped the bus and asked if there were any Jews on the bus. And you couldn't deny that you were a Jew because your documents had a big red J stamped on them. So he was taken off the bus and, and he was never seen again. But it wasn't till after the war that they discovered that he'd been taken to Auschwitz. And he was probably gassed the day he arrived because if they were gassed on arrival, there's no real records. It was only the people that were registered for work who were given a number. So again, she went back to the Star of David house and we were there until November when we were sent to the ghetto. It was bitterly cold and there was no fuel other than, I think, burning old furniture. Very little food. My mother was able to breastfeed me even though she didn't have much or anything to eat. And the Arrow Cross, who were the Hungarian fascists, liked to take pot shots at the Jews in the ghetto. A lot of people died. My mother's cousin told me after my mother died that he'd been there when Budapest was liberated and he found my mother sitting on some steps in the ghetto holding me surrounded by dead bodies. We were very lucky to survive because I was only six months old and to bring a baby through that. She did a remarkable job really to keep me warm and keep me fed. And then my father came back in March 1945 but he was very embittered. He wouldn't have any more children after the war. My mother was the eldest of four girls and she would have liked more children, but he said it wasn't a world to bring children into. And in 1955, when I was 10, he committed suicide. Many Holocaust survivors did commit suicide quite some time after the war. The Holocaust was the attempt by the Nazis and their collaborators to murder every Jew in Europe. From the time they assumed power in Germany in 1933, the Nazis used propaganda, persecution and legislation to deny German Jews their human rights and freedoms. They used centuries of anti-Semitism as their foundation. With the outbreak of war in 1939, Germany invaded Poland subjecting Polish Jews to violence and forced labour. Thousands of Jews were murdered in the first months of the occupation. The Nazis established ghettos, forcing Polish Jews to live in cramped areas with appalling living conditions. And they repeated this approach across Eastern Europe as they occupied other countries. In 1941, 
the systematic murder of Europe's Jews began. Firing squads swept Eastern Europe and the Soviet Union, murdering all the Jews they found. By the end of 1941, the first extermination camp had been established in Poland, giving the Nazis their method to continue murdering on a giant scale between 1941 and 1945. By the end of the Holocaust, six million Jewish men, women and children had been murdered in ghettos, mass shootings, in concentration camps and extermination camps. This was an unprecedented era of horror in human history. But people around the world have continued to suffer mass atrocities and genocide from 1945 to today. I lived in a small village, not far from Budapest. I'm a little girl, 13 years old. We were loyal citizens, law-abiding. Little did we know, little could we imagine the horror that invaded our lives. There was anti-Semitism. Yes, in Hungary, but we could live with it. And where could we go anyway? We thought it would just blow away. But now we know differently. Nothing goes away unless each and every one of us takes that personal responsibility to stand up. We were doomed. We were doomed. Not that we knew very much about what was going on, Hitler's plans, we didn't. Why? Because after Hungary joined the Axis Alliance, the information we received was nothing. Nothing about the Kristallnacht that took place in Germany, the many killings that took place in Germany and Poland. We did not know. They called a meeting. There were only about 16 Jewish families living in that village. Well, they were reluctant because they did not trust the authorities. But they went, had to have some knowledge, some, some ideas what was awaiting us. We went and I had seen my father, together with all the other men, being brutally beaten up in front of my eyes as they were herded on to our waiting lorry, and I hadn't seen him since. And then the Hungarian gendarmerie came back and said, we're the next ones to be transported women and their babies, their children, all pushed in to these 
wagons. Finally, the train stopped. My hair was shaven off, and we were marched into these barracks. We were sent on a death march. When the guard wasn't looking, we were scraping for food, and if we were caught, you were shot. I didn't know about anything. My parents never told me. I was only six year old, little boy. They didn't want to frighten me. I didn't wear the yellow star because in the village, everybody knew us. There was no police to enforce the law. So I didn't know about the yellow star either. So in the evening, before I was going to the school, my aunt was sewing the yellow star on my coat. And I very innocently asked, what is that for? And she said, nothing, we are Jewish and we have to wear a yellow star. That was the time, for the first time, that I realized I am different. Uh, because when there were children on the corner of the street, without the yellow star, Gentile, they suddenly started to shout at me, you dirty Jew, you smelly Jew, go to Palestine, and all kind of insults that I can't even mention. They would throw stone after me. Uh, they ca caught me a couple of times, gave me a couple of kicks in my backside, and they let me go. It was very frightening. I remember at the time, I ran to the school all the way, and I ran back all the way. And when I saw children standing on one side of the road, I would run uh, to the other side of the road so that they uh, can't spit at me. I had to suffer this degrading and very hard for a very innocent uh, child to take. I'm reliving my past. When I started uh, to uh, speak in school, uh, it was very, very difficult. I, I, I uh, used to break down uh, because while you're speaking sometime, uh, the event becomes very real. And um, today I can take a, a sup of uh, water and hide it a little bit uh, because it's not very pleasant when you have uh, 300, uh, uh, 400 uh, students and you are in tears or anything like this. I speak to educate the young people and that we make sure history doesn't repeat itself. The fourth choir are London's leading LGBT plus choir. There's a place for us is from the musical West Side Story. This haunting song was written by Leonard Bernstein, a lifelong humanitarian and the son of Ukrainian Jewish immigrants.
after World War II, genocides have taken place in Cambodia, Rwanda, Bosnia, and most recently in 2003 in Darfur. 2023 is the 20th anniversary of the beginning of the genocide in Darfur, a region in West Sudan. Under the cover of a civil war that had broken out in the region, the Sudanese government armed Arab militia groups called the Janjaweed, devils on horseback, to attack black African people in Darfur. These Janjaweed raids have caused a humanitarian catastrophe in Darfur. Thousands of villages have been destroyed, hundreds of thousands of people murdered, and millions forced to flee their homes. Despite peaceful demonstrations calling for democracy over the last few years, a military coup in October 2021 amplified persecution of certain groups in Darfur and wider Sudan, which continues to this day. We cannot say the genocide has ended there. We will now hear from Chief Rabbi of the United Hebrew Congregations of the Commonwealth, Ephraim Mervis. The perpetrators of the Holocaust were ordinary men and women who chose to engage in acts of extraordinary evil. The bystanders of the Holocaust were not inhuman. Whilst they slept soundly at night, they were not oblivious to the normalization of hatred, the deportations and the murders. They chose to turn a blind eye to acts of great evil. The heroes of the Holocaust were not superhuman. They were men and women who chose to engage in acts of remarkable bravery at the risk of death. The victims of the Holocaust were innocent men, women and children who were not given a choice as they were cruelly herded to their deaths for the crime of being Jewish. Our societies stand and fall on the decisions that are taken not by mad tyrants and dictators, nor by white knights in shining armour, but by ordinary men and women like you and me. Just as the genocides in Bosnia, Cambodia, Darfur and Rwanda were carried out by ordinary people, so too the United Nations Convention on the Prevention of Genocide was drawn up by ordinary people. Today, the welfare of the Uyghurs in China and the Rohingyas in Myanmar is in the hands of ordinary people as is the security of millions of people across Ukraine right now. Surely the time has come for ordinary men and women to guarantee that never again means never again. What we went through is something that people can't even imagine. No, and no. I feel when I meet you, something special yes. that is among the Holocaust survivors. Yes, we very are, true, yeah. very true. There are not many left of us. No, no. There is that trust that exists between the survivors. Oh dear, you can ask yourself, how was it possible? 
I didn't talk about it for 55 years to no. nobody. No. I lost my wife in 2003 to cancer, and she didn't know anything about me. I never told her. You didn't. And I was 43 years married to her, but I never told her what I went through. She knew I was a Holocaust survivor. I must admit, I myself didn't speak that much to my children. My husband was a Holocaust survivor. Yeah. So I didn't have to discuss anything with him because I suppose, you know, the horror and the, the, uh, the tragedy that befell us, having lost family and us, I mean, incredible suffering we went through. You wanted to kind of to bury it. Yeah, forget about it, yeah. Well, forget you can't forget, ever. No. Olivier Nazaramba is a singer-songwriter from Rwanda. During the 1994 genocide against the Tutsis, Olivier and his family were hidden by a Hutu perpetrator who'd been a schoolmate of Olivier's father. The words of Psalm 27 gave them hope that they would survive. With his sisters and brother, Olivier wrote the song in anger in May 1994, in the midst of the genocide. It symbolizes his faith that God would protect his family. From all of us at the Holocaust Memorial Day Trust, thank you for joining us for Holocaust Memorial Day 2023. The island's National Holocaust Memorial will be held in Douglas this afternoon at 3 o'clock in St Mary's Roman Catholic Church on Hill Street with an invitation to everyone of all faiths and none to join in this important time of reflection and remembrance. But if you can't get to Douglas, the service will be live-streamed from St Mary's via their website. Just go to manxcatholic.org and the live-stream button is very easy to find on the home page. The cameras are always on, but the sound doesn't start until the service begins. So don't be concerned if you start the live-stream and you only have a picture. The sound will automatically come on just a little before 3 o'clock. And now it's time to take a look at the rest of our notice board with other news for today. The All-Island Choir Voces Insulae will be in St George's Church here in Douglas to present an Epiphany to Candlemas carol service and the service is this evening at 6 o'clock. And that's all that we have time for now. But I'll be back tonight at 9 o'clock for Sundown and I'd love you to join me if you can. It's easy listening music and other notice board news that I haven't had time for this morning. Do please email me if you've got items for the notice board. Judith Lay at manxradio.com So, until whenever we meet again, this is Judith saying thank you for listening and I wish you and those you love a blessed and peaceful week. And a very good morning. Music